I am Thor, son of Odin. As long as there is life in my breast, I am running out of things to say. Great, another broken white boy for us to fix. That's my secret, Cat. I'm always angry. You took everything from me. I don't even know who you are. With great power comes great responsibility. I can do this all day. Wakanda forever! And what's up, y'all? And welcome to Views from the 616. Yes, the yet-to-be-named MCU podcast finally has a name. Views from the 616, the blackest MCU podcast in the multiverse. Sir. Brought to you by the people behind For All Nerds. And as always, you know, like I say on For All Nerds, it's your boy, <laughs> DJ Ben I mean, aka Brother Voodoo Child, Bofa Bova, Holla 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 Holla, Black Adam Warlock, A Nightmare on Ellis Street, Lieutenant Good Trouble. Yes, absolutely. Yes, here on Views from the 616, and I'm joined by Tatiana King, aka the Wicked, ooh, excuse me, oh, oh. the Wicked Witch of the West View, and ooh. also known as. Agatha, darkness is spreading. You put your own echo on it right there. I I know. It's my favorite thing to do. I love it. Yeah. You did it before, you know, our (laughs) master editor, Luna, even gets to it. Like, you just put your own echo on it right there. I feel that. Put put a little mustard on it, you know. But yes, folks, we have a name, Views from the 616, which was suggested by one of our listeners. We don't know who you are. And that's not for lack of trying because no. we've been asking around both the Instagrams and the Twitters and no one's stepping up. No one has a clue. Yeah. So if this was you, if you helped to inspire this name or you gave us this name or whatever the case, please hit us up so we can give you your props directly. But yes. we're giving you your props indirectly right now. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone who suggested the rest of these names for this MCU podcast where we are covering WandaVision at the moment, but we're going to keep this going right after WandaVision. We're going to roll on into um, Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Shit, we might have to do views from the 616 on Justice League and really oh. hurt our own feelings. Well, mm. why would I don't want to do that crossover. Hell no. Nah. nah, you ain't ready for that just yet? <laughs> no. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's views from the 616 on... Four hours. Oh, yeah. Four? four? You know, yeah. We got to make... Uh, just We got to have a separate DC name for that, so... True, true. Yeah, we got to give them their respect over there. I feel you. Okay, so views from the 616, where we will be covering all of the MCU. We know that the MCU might not be the 616. It's actually known as Earth uh, 19999, something like that, but... We know that the comic book universe is the 616. Yeah, and, and this house is the 616, okay? Yeah, and it sounds so fire, you know what it I mean? It does. Shout out to Drake. We need to get him up on here real quick. <laughs> For copyright infringement. <laughs> <laughs> so he can sue us real quick. Word up. Um, but yes, we are covering WandaVision Episode 6, the all-new Halloween spooktacular. Mm. You want to give them the basic plot and the rest of this stuff? Of course. Uh, right. well, first of all, directed by Matt Shackman, as per mm-hmm. usual. Created, show running by Jack Schaefer. Written by Peter Cameron and Chuck Hayward this episode. And here's the place. Do I know Chuck Hayward? <laughs> I mean, besides Wayward Hayward. No, but that's, uh, yeah, I feel like I know. Yeah, I might. You like uh, personally? Yeah, I might. Uh, you know, it sounds familiar as fuck. But yeah, oh, keep okay. going. Yeah. Let's, let's find out. But uh, mm-hmm. but just to give you the plot for this episode, um, 
Oh, I have to say, you have to do this because you have the you have the rhythm on this one. Oh, come on. All right. This year, Halloween fell on a weekend. Vision and Wanda was out trick-or-treating. Hey. Quicksilver was robbing little kids for bags. To end this went a bit mad. <laughs> the last part didn't really work as well. But all right, you give them the rest now. All right. That's right, folks. Our minds are playing tricks on us as this week's episode of WandaVision is Halloween-centric, with Wanda desperately trying to keep a hold on the town of Westview. Tommy and Billy are growing up too quick, while Quicksilver plays devil and angel's advocate, and Vision just wants to know what the hell is going on. Mm, I like that, what the hell, for real. You know, and also He's gr- very serious right now. Mm-hmm, and also the hell. And also growing <laughs> up too quick, you know, for Quicksilver, who is yes. also the hell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I enjoy... Like all the other episodes, I did enjoy this, but I enjoyed it even more because this is my era now. We're talking about the 90s, early 2000s era. Um, and Bam. that that was a huge theme of this whole thing from the very beginning to the very end. There were so many, of course, that we're going to speak about later, but Easter eggs and things thrown in there that make you feel that you were in that, you know, that era of rad and tubular and shit like that. So, extreme, to an extreme. It's like the hedgehog and all that, you know. Oh, oh man, yeah. I did not realize that Malcolm and them, though. All right, first of all, they seem to have skipped a decade. Can we talk about that? Like, what happened to the 90s? So, Malcolm and the Middle started, I did not realize I didn't realize this. it was the 90s, but I think it no, was like 2000. 90s. It's so, in the year 2000. Well, this episode, like I said, a lot of the stuff I was seeing were mid-90s to two, early 2000s. Yes. When I say early 2000s, I mean stopping at like 2004 at most. Yeah. that. Like not even going that far. So it's like they were... Because when you think about it, like when you think about Y2K and all that shit, that still has really strong 90s vibes. Even mm-hmm. though it's supposedly a new century and all this other stuff, it was still shit that's just old. Like, if you look at yeah. shit from 2000 now, you're like, God damn, that look mm-hmm. old. So, I get it. Like, it, it was a little sm- mashed together because the thing about WandaVision is this all takes place in the year 2023, right? So, and what? We're on episode six, so we only have three more episodes left. Yes. So, it's like, they're going to have to... Sp- they may have to start merging things a little bit. Like, I mean, True. how what are they going to go early '90s and then late '90s? No, they're gonna, no. you know, it's, match it's just it all like, together. Yeah. So I just wanted to. Um, I thought we were going to get a what do you call it episode, and I don't think we are now. I, what? I wanted to get a married with children episode. You know, with <sighs> Al. But I wanted Vision as Al Bundy. You know, Wanda as Peggy. Come on, with the big <sighs> hair. Vision coming home, sticking his hand in his pants. Well, you know, they did shoot something like that, and it's just ended up on a cutting room floor. True. Or maybe it's coming up in a quick cut. We'll see what happens. Maybe. But, no, what was just bugging me was that I did not realize Malcolm in the Middle came out in the year 2000. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought it was like 90. That was my shit. I love yeah, it that. Was my shit. I love that show. Yeah, I love Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, man, that little uh, the, my, the little black kid with his little gasp. Oh, oh yeah. <sighs> <sighs> You got nothing. Like, yo, his di- he used to be so disrespectful, too. That was the best part. Like, my man did not give a fuck. No, that was a big child of his shoulder of mine, so I yeah, appreciated that. Yeah, I believe it. Um, but, yeah, like we said, this was the 90s and early 2000s. You know, it's fudging on the years a little bit, but but still, we had some really good vibes here. And, it, one of you know, the theme that they were going into was, like, that holiday special. And, mm-hmm. as you know, 
I, I don't know if shows really do that anymore, but really hard, hard body in the 90s and especially in the 2000s shows did holiday specials. So Christmas Still. specials, Halloween specials specifically where like, especially like you've seen it in places like The Simpsons where they give everyone Halloween-esque names and things mm-hmm. like that. Same thing here, the whole Halloween spooktacular and all that shit. So a little There's- corny, but but plays right into the decade. They're still doing that, in fact. And shout out to Blackish because I love how oh. they can on their Halloween episodes they reference each year before that. Mm. Like they'll be like, "Oh, we dressed up like this last year. We did that. We did that." Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I really like how they've kept that going, that whole trend, and you know that goes back to just like you say, probably the beginning of television. Yeah. 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 And then from the very beginning of this episode, from the intro song itself, which every intro song is explicitly explaining what's going on. And it gives mm-hmm. you this, that, as I mentioned, rad, tubular, rebellious attitude of the 90s. And Malcolm in the Middle seems to be the center point here. Um, from the the font that they use in the intro cards to yep. just the, the movement of the camera and that whole th- like kid being a menace running around the house. Like that's all Malcolm in the Middle. And I wanted to just make a point of some of the lyrics on that song. Mm-hmm. So they say, don't try to fight the chaos. Don't question what you've done. Don't let it stop the fun. Uh, some days it's all confusion. Let's keep going through each distorted day. There's no way of knowing who's coming by to play. Being a, 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 literally a play-by-play of what's going on, but also giving you some context into, as I feel, this. these are all episodes that Wanda's experiencing from a mental standpoint. So it's, it's, it's narrating that. Also, uh, some other context to it. Like you said, the uh, intro imitates um, Malcolm in the Middle. Mm-hmm. But also, it's from Tommy and William's perspective, right? Mm-hmm. All the shots we see in this. Tommy and Billy, yeah. Tommy and Billy. And so we see Wanda and Vision both using their powers in the intro. Like, clearly in front of the kids, using their powers. So the kids both see them using their powers and know that they have powers and are aware of it. We know that from the intro alone. Also, the song is like you said, it's explaining what's going on, but it's also telling Wanda what to do. Don't fight the chaos. Don't question what you've done. Don't let it stop the fun. Some days it's all confusion, but let's keep it going. You know, there's no way of knowing who's coming by. And there's no way of knowing who's coming by the play drops right when Pietro drops on. And um, I guess we can get into the naming, like the names of how they're named in the intro. Sure. Yeah, because everyone is named like, you know, Vision is playing some somebody something playing Vision, but Pietro is as himself. Yes. Which is I thought also, that was an interesting distinction. Yeah, and it's also that's a that's sometimes done like that's an old TV thing too, that you know, where it'll be like so and so as themselves, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's usually done when it's somebody showing up on the show as themselves. You know, as what a mean? cameo. Yeah, as a cameo. So is Pietro that cameo or is he as himself because he's somebody right. else? Who's himself? Who's like, himself? Right. <laughs> who, yeah. who, who who's himself? <laughs> him downstairs. <laughs> him uh, downstairs. Also interesting you pointed out that in the credits they've actually added Agnes as the cast of the character. Yes, as one of the family. She members. wasn't in any of these credits before. No, not as one of the family, you know, not like that, not as named as Agnes, mm-hmm. you know, all in the family, all up in the mix with the little naughty on her butt. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, with her juicy couture. <laughs> yes. With her juicy couture. Oh, God. Again, another very early 2000s. Oh, my late God. Late 90s move. That was straight um, my club life. You know, that was, oh. <laughs> oof. oof. Lo- lots of juicy couture tracks. Oof, but- <laughs> oof. The good times. Uh, 
as as mentioned again this is heavily influenced by that time period so even throughout the show throughout this episode rather you all the scene music is very alt rock so things like you know blink 182 yellow card some 41 all of that type of shit um um, and Billy particularly, you mentioned how it was from his perspective. He, throughout the episode, is talking directly to the audience, to the camera, just like Malcolm in the Middle star, Frankie Munoz. So. Yes, sir. Straight up telling uh, clowning his bro and all that, too. Yeah. 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 And then when he clowns him, that's another trope that's used. And, and, and shows still use it now. You mentioned Blackish. They use that heavy ne- still. Heavy. Um, jump cuts when when someone says a memory or someone says, well, remember when you did this? And then they actually jump cut to that actual event happening. Okay, That, now Simpsons, that happened several times. Yeah, and Simpsons beats uh, Malcolm in the Middle to the air by a few years. So Simpsons, the first one to a do A few that? years. Simpsons been around since yeah, like by, I mean, you know, early but, 90s. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying, by a minute. Oh. Yeah, so is Simpsons the first show to do the jump cuts to humor like that? I wonder. I mean, they, they may be one of the shows that made that it most prominent. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I don't I don't know if they're the only, uh, the first rather, but I remember knows? there was this HBO show back in the 90s that used to do weird, weird stuff, but I can't remember if they did jump cuts and stuff, but they did all that talking to the camera and all kind of other super weird yeah. things that were like, now everybody's doing. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, as we're talking through this, uh, it's, it's interesting because this bleeds through from the previous episode with all the we talked a lot about fourth world breaking and mm-hmm. that aspect of, of people knowing or not knowing that they're in a TV show. So that idea of Billy talking directly to the camera, like, first, who the hell is he talking to? Mm. Um, does he believe that he's in this world? Like, does he believe this world to be real or does he realize this is just a construct? What's happening? I think Billy and Tommy both realized that this is a construct early on, even from before this. Um, also, it goes with the whole, like you were saying, extreme and rebel attitude of the mm-hmm. 90s and also of 90s and 2000s television. Mm-hmm. And just the evolution of television, like we talked before, how it starts with them having separate beds and then being close together mm-hmm. to her getting pregnant and things you didn't see. You know, you never saw people get pregnant, you know, back in them days, you know. It was Absolutely. Like, yeah, Absolutely. now you see people having pregnant and all that. You. No, they haven't sex. Then in the nineties and two thousands, like we we're talking about married with children, where it's just outrageous. Everything's on. free. Yeah, I mean, you know, your kids is trash. You know, all this different <laughs> stuff. I mean, that was what you know, married I with mean, children Homer was. I mean, Homer was strangling Bart. I mean, so. Homer and Simpsons were both. You know, I mean, married with children and Simpsons were both called out during their time because people were like, yo, you can't show that stuff on TV. You know, it's mm-hmm. more just showing the reality of life. You know, and so this is more that too where. You have these rebellious-ass kids and Vision being rebellious, you know, Wanda pushing the limit. Like I was talking about even before in the intro, do you see their magic and their powers early on, all this mm-hmm. stuff, because it's like we're getting to a turning point where there's no going back. Mm-hmm. And I can't find my note on this, but um, because there were two uh, posters when you mentioned when, when Billy or Tommy, one of them was making fun of the other, and they did the jump cut to them in the room playing DDR. Mm-hmm. One of the posters says "rebel," "rebel" rather, mm. and another poster says something to the same type of effect. So I'm just like, is this again? Is this just them knowing what's going on, or someone influencing them to like go against the script? Mm. Dance, mm-hmm. dance, revolution! Shout out! Right? You oh, know, that was my shit too. That was yeah, for those shit. who don't know, you know, some people know know what you talk about when you say DDR. So. Oh yeah, damn, yeah. damn, you know you're they don't. Right. Yeah, man, right. people might don't know dance, that. Revolution! Oh yeah. my god. Yep. Um, so, so again, that's the overall our overarching theme of this episode, which leads us to the other sub 
huge theme, which has so many different layers, and that's the theme of Halloween itself. Mm-hmm. Following on a weekend. Yes, following on a weekend, that's the best time for Halloween. It's so sad because 2020 Halloween fell on the weekend, Man. but you know, we were in the, the Panasonic, so what can you do about it? Um, but when surround it comes to sound in surround that motherfucking sound, <laughs> 3D, stereo, high def, yeah. my God. Dolby uh, Vision, all that shit. In in this episode, uh, like with Halloween, I, I thought I, I split into two uh, approaches because it's it's akin to what both of the boys had said when they explained what Halloween was. The first thing Billy says is Halloween is a magical holiday. It's all about family and friends and the thrill of being someone else for a day. That is super prevalent throughout the entirety of the episode. Um, also, just of a sub note, Halloween, depending on who you talk to, is also about the occult, spirits, death, etc. When we talk about being someone else for a day, that's happened multiple times. Wanda and Vision in this episode are in their old school comics version of their superhero costumes. So you see the the traditional uh, Scarlet Witch, all red costume, Scarlet red costume. And then, of course, uh, and these are all makeshift versions. So it's a little tacky. And then you have Vision in the green and the yellow. Yeah, green and the yellow with the with the big painted red face. Mm-hmm. The green and, and the green and you talk about the big uh, balloon thing, the big green uh, visions outfit, visions actual costume. Oh, okay, okay, sorry, yeah, yep, yeah, it's classic. And also, what's so great about that is he comes down the stairs to the line of um, uh, I think I can't remember if it was Tommy or Billy who's talking about Pietro being a man child, and then you see Vision coming down the stairs in his underwear, wearing his underwear outside, <laughs> them yellow, them yeah. yellow boxes. <laughs> That's uh, going to be such a great Halloween costume and cosplay coming up. <laughs> when Wanda first appears in this in this makeshift old school costume, she says that she's a Sokovian fortune teller, which actually isn't far from the truth. Mm-hmm. Because her mother in the comics, her mother Magda was a fortune teller. Yep, Magda was yeah. a fortune teller. And Magda Lencher. And perhaps, if know who perhaps Lencher, a magician. Yes, perhaps. If, yeah, it's, if you know Leshner. 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 Magneto's last name and, yeah. you know, potentially. But as we've been told in the MCU, they're enhanced and not mutants. So yeah, we get it. Listen, but we, we got, we're going to get into that too, because <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, 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 and you know, I, you know what, forget it. Let's get into that right now real quick, because I, this is a, a blurry line that MCU is now drawing because they're, because yep. they're pulling in the mythos of the Fox version of things, particularly with Pietro. And he's constantly talking about the parents. I don't mm. know if you noticed that, but he's constantly saying well, mom and dad and our parents and this and this mm. and this. Who's, which versions is he talking about? Mm. And as you said, in MCU, the story is tweaked a bit. There's no mention, because at the time they, they ha- didn't have the rights to it. There's no mention of Magneto. There's no mention that that is... That's their parentage. And even the comics themselves, there's so many different stories of where, of who these people, of these people meaning Wanda and Pietro, who they, who they came from and who, who birthed them, if you will. Um, but with that, like there was, I forgot the name of the Twitter page, but there's a Twitter page that actually did a side by side of Wanda when she came out of the hex and told off Director Haywood and a, a couple of scenes from, I think, Days of Future Past. Mm-hmm. And it was a direct, like, literally, the movements, the cadences were a direct mirror of each other. Oh, yeah. When Magneto is turning the guns on everyone yeah. and when Wanda turned the guns on Director Hayward. Yeah. Even and, the flick of the wrist she does. Like, yeah. Yep. And also, the interesting thing to me is, like, in the comics, the parentage was only changed because of legal rights. 
Like the mm. whole idea that Wanda and Pietro aren't mutants was only because of legal rights. At the time, they had pretty much abandoned the X-Men line. And X-Men, as you know, is one of Marvel's biggest sellers, as we see from the House of X and Powers of X and everything that came out of it. But at the time, X-Men was so abandoned that people were like, yo, Marvel is going to cancel X-Men. They <laughs> killed Wolverine. It was all this you know, stuff. And people were like, oh, my God, it's over. And they're trying to push uh, the Inhumans down everybody's throats. And everybody's like, it's not working, fam. Mm. And then they got the rights back. And now, you know, X-Men is number one seller for Marvel again, etc. And in the comments right now, there's a huge debate where they're calling Scarlet Witch the traitor and all this and calling her not a mutant still. But that's the oh, mutant Lord. saying this. So we'll see what happens. So yeah. relax, basically. You know, yeah. we get it. There's a lot of different yeah. history and all this to all this. There's, there's, but, there's a lot of different yeah. history. And we'll, and we'll be a little bit more mindful to be explicit yes. if we're talking about comics versus MCU. Mm-hmm. So this is just a disclaimer. Don't 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 explain to us like, well, actually in the comics this happened and in the movie this happened. Like, we know y'all. Like, please give us the benefit of the doubt. We do a lot of research. We we really do our jobs here because we want to get y'all a good show. We want to really do a lot of in-depth um, just knowledge. So, so and again, we, we'll be careful and, and be more sp- explicit, but please also give us some grace. Appreciate and, it. And if we get it wrong, trust us, there should be like 50 if, Yeah, yeah. 50 if, if, we get it, if, if we're just dead ass wrong, please just tell us. But, yeah, and there'll yeah, be like but, 50 people telling us already because, you know, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> we get it. Um, also, in terms of just being someone else and costuming, we see Billy's dressed in his makeshift version of the traditional Wiccan costume. And both Pietro and Tommy are both dressed up in their traditional Quicksilver costume. Yep. Um, Tommy's speed costume in the, in the comments looks different, but yes. it, for this, they both are dressed as the old school Quicksilver. At times, he's also, I think, worn that suit. And Quicksilver has interestingly worn that same suit in green and blue. Mm-hmm. Like he had a green version of it and a blue version of it. Mm-hmm. And the speed, you know, basically wears a green like an updated version of the green version of Quicksilver. So it's still the same costume, basically. Got it, yeah, got it, yeah. got it. Okay, that will... Speed that's good costume to know. is wet, just like his name, <laughs> true. Speed costume is... is, is so is basic. Um, I can't really say I like the old school Quicksilver costume either. No, that, but it was hilarious at the time. You know, even back then, like, in the 80s and 90s, I was like, oh, this is so terrible. Yeah. You know, um, Wiccan's shit, though, and I even loved how they had the stars on his sweater. Because Wiccan's traditional costume is just stars. You know, his whole joint is all sight space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that joint is so ill that they, I love that they gave that little touch on his sweater. I, one thing I wanted to say is I, I Billy's comment about, you know, the thrill of being someone else for a day. I thought it, it was very telling and kind of funny because I felt like the residents are in a perpetual Halloween because mm. every day they're playing somebody else. Um mm. Peter Pietro, he he makes this point later on in the episode when he says, you know, well, the personalities that you gave them, or he 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 intimates this, but he said, well, the personality you gave them aren't that far from the truth, or mm-hmm. the, and it's just like, yeah, but that's not their personalities, and and it's not you, their life, and it's not their life. You've seen breaks in all these people. You've seen it with um, what's the guy who works Norm. with Vision? Norm. You've seen it with Norm, where he's just like, yo, where's my people's at? I'm stuck here. I don't want to do this. And you even see it in this episode. Uh, where you actually have one resident, like their face is, is frozen in one expression, but they're crying. And it's mm-hmm. just like, okay, this is some fucked up shit going on right now. Yes. And then you saw even with Monica, like when she came out, she was just like, well, when I was in there, I was I was just, you know, she was just jive talking, <laughs> you know, black exploitation woman. So 
the, and the first weird. thing she felt was pain when she yes. went in. You know, yes. pain, darkness, all that. She felt the weight of Wanda's depression upon her. So that's some effed up shit to be putting all these people through. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a lot. Um, also in this, Herb, our, our favorite resident black man, he was dressed as Frankenstein. Um, and, you know, the whole idea of Frankenstein being some monster that's put together by somebody else, like... What again? This makes me question who is Herb really? Because again, he 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 almost out of character. He's like, do you need something changed? So mm-hmm. again, is he still actively working to keep Wanda complacent or happy, or is like, what's his true role? The, Herb and Agnes are is still she, the you know the biggest questions I think that we have out of townspeople. Because I'm still going right. with Dottie being the devil once again. Dottie not showing up in these episodes, but Pietro showing up. Leads me to say that Dottie's the devil and playing Pietro, but we'll get into that. Um, so I think I don't know about Herb. You know, is Herb like under yeah. the hex? I don't think so because he, under, he seems I, aware of it. He then seems he trips too aware. Out. But remember when he was tripping out, just like the woman, you know, he's when he done was cutting through the up. when yeah. he was cutting through the wall. Yep. But what's he doing on purpose? And I'm saying there's there's so much mm. subterfuge happening in this with, with a few people in this show yeah, so you I don't you. really know who's faking who's just going with the flow or whatever the fuck is happening um is herb the man on the inside who what's his name was looking for in the first place is he a monster of wanda's making i.e frankenstein mm. what's going on um you also what's have going on? <laughs> you also have agnes dressed as a witch which is very telling uh if you, if you go in the agatha harkness route and what she represents and what potentially she could be doing there Mm-hmm. Um, you have Agent Wu, Monica, and Darcy disguising themselves as sword agents. Again, the idea of being someone else, the thrill of being someone else. Um, even when, and I didn't expect this, but when they were being taken away by the sword agents after they got kicked out, like Wu just all of a sudden was started throwing hands, and I didn't expect that. And it was like they they all seemed real excited about it. And Darcy was like, "Damn, nobody told me to plan." I'm just like, "Okay, that's pretty thrilling." I mean, um, I didn't, I didn't, I, I don't know why he keeping on sleeping on my man Jimmy. I, Wu. Maybe I was just sleeping on him. I just didn't expect that out of him. Like, man, Jimmy Wu, listen to that name, Jimmy Wu. <laughs> like that, <laughs> that man is, is not getting get fired, dog. That man is not here to play, dog. He don't play games. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Wu Tang. Yeah. Uh, in ter- again, in terms of being being someone else, uh, Vision now seems to be aware that something is amiss, and he mm-hmm. clearly wants to get out the hex, but he keeps playing to his role in order to not raise Wanda's suspicions. As you can see, he outright dead ass lies to her face, saying he was going on patrol to go. You know, <laughs> what do he say? Like wayward adolescence or whatever. Mm-hmm. And really, Mans was and all. Yeah, Mans was investigating. Yes. He he was walking around trying to figure shit out. And also, he tells her at the beginning that the only clothes he had in his closet was this outfit. Like, he had no choice but to wear this outfit. But He he, said it with a lightweight attitude. Oh, straight up. And then when she looked at him like, oh, then he turned around and was just like, oh, what did he say? Oh, darling, you're incorrigible, which means like like you're without, you know, I can't change you. You're perfect. Mm Mm-hmm. And so. then he went into the corny ass fake Spanish and stuff and all that. Yeah, too. chili con carne. Yeah. <laughs> well, y'all, y'all gotta stop. If you don't know Spanish, don't. The whiteness came out. <laughs> the whiteness came out. Don't, don't, just don't. We don't know Spanish. Man. Lord, yeah. you're sounding like El Blumblito. So don't. I've been doing my Duolingo and that. I was like, oh, I know what he's saying, and that is terrible. That's like, terrible. Terrible. Yeah. yeah. Um. 
and we we this one um, we're going to talk more about this later in our thing. I'm but chili with meat. I, yeah. Like, what? <laughs> we're going to talk more about this last one in terms of um this this part of the theme later. But um when the hex gets expanded and a sword base and all their equipment and shit gets swallowed up, the agents become clowns and mimes. And to me, it it was a literal personification of how Wanda feels about them. Mm-hmm. Straight up. The also, uh, real quick, in the comic books in the Scarlet Witch and Vision miniseries, the Halloween episode, I mean, issues are always a big thing. There was a big thing about uh, Sam Hain, the you know Satan, and all, and it being All Hallows Eve, like what Halloween's original meaning is, All Hallows Eve, because it's like the night where it's supposed to be closest to the spirits before November first, which is the day of All Saints, right? I think All Saints mm-hmm. Day. Yep. Mm-hmm. So then All, all the Saints, Souls or Saints, all, yeah, yeah, All the Saints. But you know, the night before is supposed to be the Wicked Night, and so. In the comments, it's always some witches or somebody. That's when Agnes, I think, casts a bid spell. That's when the the Salem um, seven or six—I can't remember their names. They get blown up in that issue. The one mm. I had, yeah, at least that one. But they concoct their bid plan on Halloween night, and the Halloween issues always play a big part in Starlight Witch comic books. So yeah, I mean, yeah. as we as mentioned, is you know the occult and magic, and sometimes dark magic, and you could thinking of you know crossing over the other side like halloween's supposed to be a very powerful um Mm -hmm. holiday for people with who dabble in that yes and more than dabble as these people is doing right uh um and i mentioned like all of that other stuff i mentioned about the costume and all that stuff that's from like if you think about it from billy's perspective of what halloween is about his brother tommy says nah you're wrong halloween is about candy and scaring people Mm. and that happened throughout the episode you saw tommy and pietro stealing candy tommy when he got his super speed powers he's running around grabbing snacks he's having a great old time um in terms of scaring people pietro he actually scares tommy and billy after they wake up when they say that he's you know he probably's a vampire because he's sleeping in the middle of the day uh Pietro purposely scares Wanda when um, after she 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 basically walks Vision out the door, she turns around and Pietro's standing there with this stupid look on his face, like that wild face. He scares her. And then um, when Wanda is talking to Pietro about how the hex came about, he you know, she turns around, she turns to look back at him. He becomes the dead version of himself, like the, the dead face, gray eyes, bullet ridden body. Um, and to that point, you, you know, again, this just reminded me of when this happened in episode four, when Wanda looked away from Vision and looked at him and it was the dead gray version of himself. Mm. And again, I don't know if this is just a momentary lapse in Wanda's Mm-mm. reality powers or if it's something else. It's just because she wasn't paying attention or is it somebody doing this? B. B. Somebody doing this. Why I is did, it B? Okay, I'll get into it. We'll get into that right now and a little later. But right now, I just had a quick thought that I yes. think is something here, right? Billy and Tommy's perspective on Halloween are representing Wanda's and Dottie the Devil, I'll just say, in this case, okay. as Pietro. Halloween is a magical holiday all about family, friends, and the thrill of being someone else for a day, Wanda. Halloween is all about steer- candy and steering people, getting good stuff and steering people. Pietro, mm. the devil, etc., etc. right? Why I say that Pietro is, uh, this is not Wanda seeing this, this is someone else doing it to Wanda. There is this theme of steering people, like you were talking about mm-hmm. this now. And Pietro steers um, Tommy and Billy after waking up. They're steered to wake him up because they're afraid that he is a creature of the dead. 
After mm-hmm. he wakes up, he says some lines about how blood is thicker than water. Mm-hmm. He does the classic vampire moves on them. <laughs> so there's a lot of themes of him being undead, of him being a vampire. And then as we get into Pietro, if we want to get into him right now, there is so much going on with him and a lot of his lines and his actions clue you into the fact that he is not Wanda's dead brother. He's not who he says he is. Not at all. He is somebody completely else, somebody who is aware of a lot of things that Wanda's dead brother, even brought back to life, would not be aware of unless, you know, he went to heaven, but that's not what he said what happened or any of that type of stuff. He acts mm-hmm. like he was he gets shot in the street like a chump. Yeah. So he did say like a chump. So yeah. do you think then this isn't even the the Fox X-Men version no. of PHO? This is nope. just somebody else completely. Somebody else completely. Okay, we got to pin that because that, that's that's a major... We're, yeah, we'll get into hypothesis. that when we get into Pietro. Okay. okay. Um, and the next major theme of, of children, of course, uh, Halloween is also known to be a big holiday for children for obvious reasons, besides the candy and the fun and all that stuff, but also particularly convenient, how convenient, Wanda, that now that there are children present in Westview... Um, we've, we've made that distinction very early on, probably episode one or two, we were like, yo, where the kid's at? Uh, and then in the most previous, most recent episode, even Vision was like, Wanda, where are the children? You know, I pass by a place at every day and there's never no little, little ones playing on it. What's going on? So now they're here and they're here on Moss. And it just seems like the town is very filled with people now. Um, you know, it's a great deal of kids, which I think maybe doubles the population or more, at least the population that you see on screen. And it also may coincide with our theories that we had earlier about Wanda's control being based on proximity. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why we say that is because, well, it's a few things. The extent of the power may be based on how many people she can control at the same time. Uh, as we know from, I think it was episode four or so, the West Food population is around 3,800. It's 3,892. Um, and... Perhaps it could be a few things, right? Maybe when she's not actively thinking about certain characters or things going on, they they don't move or, or, or have activity, right? We use the twin babies when they were first born. We use them as an example. Like when she wasn't focused on them, they never made a sound. Then all of a sudden when she cared to, to see what they were doing, they, they were they were awake and doing all sorts of shit. Um, or were they even there? Or were, listen, then what we see... <laughs> What we see in this episode, episode six, as you get closer to the edge of the hex, people either start glitching out or they're in complete suspended animation. They're still alive, but they're just doing some weird shit. Um, that woman putting up the Halloween decorations where I said mentioned earlier she was she had that one <laughs> sad tear coming out her eyes. Her and the guy she's with are in an infinite loop. Frozen facial, frozen facial expressions, but obviously just still alive. Then they're also playing at different speeds. They're loop. Yeah. Yeah. Then Which is something Vision, very subtle, but really ill as well. When Vision gets to the edge of town to talk to try to talk to the people who are there, they seem frozen in time. They're not even free, even moving. And even Jimmy m- makes that comment. He was like, "They're barely moving. What's going on with them?" So, which again dr- drives me to believe this is all uh, some a lot of this stuff about what Wanda can control and do is based on many a few different rules of maybe proximity, um, mm-hmm. proximity to her proximity yep. to her thoughts or her, or her attentions. Mm-hmm. Um, and as well as the number of people, which is also could be why the children were hidden in the first place. We said that perhaps she, she is hard for her to control children, maybe, 
Or also, could it be that that many people is just hard to fucking deal with at once? I think that many people, and I think it goes with what Pietro said about her keeping the children asleep up until this time. Like, she's, all these children have just been sleeping in their beds through this whole thing until she needed them. And then the kicker for me, which is why I think that approach, my approach that I just mentioned makes sense, is because in order, at the end, in order for Wanda to expand the radius of the hex to try to get Vision back in, she has to pause everyone else. And she has to do that in order to redirect the energy of her power to expansion. So, which is why I'm thinking, okay, all of that stuff comes into play. Mm -hmm. And Wanda pretty much went full on uh, Wanda, you know, Scarlet Witch when she expanded the hex and made it all Scarlet. And you see it as a hex because that's something that can be viewed for miles at this point, right? Mm -hmm. Like, this is now a major disturbance. Like, next episode, I fully (laughs) expect to see Doctor Strange. You know, this is when, yeah, like, it's time now. Like, this is a, you know, this is not a problem. This is not just some small town enveloped in an invisible field. You know, now this is a giant red hexagonal shape, (laughs) you know, that is miles wide, right? We're assuming, yeah, miles, they were driving for a good minute. That's miles at least, like, Mm -hmm. miles wide. No, this is something, you know, this is now an issue. Do you expect to see Wong? Nah, he's still, he's still. This ain't good. This ain't big enough for Wong. Come <laughs> on. Not you, think, you think Wong come out for something like this? Wong don't come out for something like this, man. You got the Wong come out when Thanos is around. Like, I, I see how that's a symptom. Yeah, if Thanos ain't around, I am, you know what? You, you don't need me. This is Wong we talk about, fam. You know, oh, you better man. you better call some other, you better call Doctor Strange. You know, that's how Wong feels. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> yeah, we've been clowning Wong for them. The no, I'm not. Year. See, I'm bigging him up right there. I'm saying that you only it's call. Both. It's both. You only we... call Wong. Wong only come out for big things. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wong is not here for that minor mess. You know what I mean? No, no. Facts, facts. Uh, oh, hex, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? One town. You know, Oops, please. Talking get, about messes and hexes, we got to talk about a major theme of nightmares. Mm-hmm. Nightmares. Nightmares is huge. It's also a double entendre. We'll get into that in a second. Um, but the first mention of it really is when Monica is talking to Wayward Hayward. And she, she she's she's pissed. She's like, because this is from the last episode. She's like, yo, why did you do that missile strike? You know, we just trying to help her. Hayward, you know, he he says his piece and then he says, we we take Wanda out. Or he said, we take her out. We take her out. This whole nightmare ends. Nightmare mm-hmm. for whom? You know, it's a nightmare. It potentially is a nightmare for everybody in there. As you see that they all are going through some type of pain. Um, and we see it like every time Vision wakes up, wakes up, quote unquote, people, they seem to be coming out of a dream and, and Wanda vision world. That reality is their nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, the dead version of Vision and Pietro are nightmarish. Um, and even like, as you, you said it earlier, all this wild stuff that Pietro is saying and talking about, it, it's, it's, all, it's all very, it's, it's, it's not necessarily positive. Let's say that. It's not a, a positive dream. It's more shit from a nightmare. Yep. You also have nightmare creatures, which are all over the town in terms of the costumes, ghosts, and all that other shit. Um, you see someone even dressed up as... as um, Freddy, who is a very famous nightmare creature person character. Um, you also have the whole horror element there with, with Freddy and Jason and how that whole thing works. It was mixed together. It was one dude is Freddy Jason. Yeah. Which like is he was just getting them all down. Wild. Yeah. He was Freddy versus Jason all at once. Yeah. Uh, and the I mentioned this, this is also partly a double entendre because there is something about that name nightmare. Do you want to talk about that? 
Yes, Nightmare is uh, in my notes. I have him as the whack ass, but I won't call him the whack ass. <laughs> he just—he definitely his style was always trying to trump to me. The whack ass who? Doctor Strange villain. Do- Nightmare is also wow. in Marvel a Doctor. Str- no, no, not Doctor Strange whack ass. I actually like Doctor Strange, and I like Benedict. I just didn't like the movie that much. You gotcha. Know what I mean? Yeah, but he's great. Benedict is great as Doctor Strange. Like. Oh man, when he's sunning Thor and Ragnarok and all that, and Loki, he's doing his TikTok dances. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, his TikTok dances, nice. Um, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, but Nightmare is a villain who you know basically is like Marvel's version of Freddy Krueger, but he's existed way before Freddy Krueger. He's pale skin, wears a green suit. He potentially could be behind all this because he is a big time Doctor Strange villain. He is multi dimensional. Mm. Uh, multiversal as we saw about the multiverse of madness and Strout Derrickson, the original director of Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, wanted to use him. But whenever mm. someone reveals things like that this early, it usually means Marvel's like, you can say that because otherwise you know, it's not that, happening. Yeah, it's not happening. So I feel like Sam Raimi, who's now doing the film, is probably going to go his own direction or whatever Marvel lets him do. Yeah. And I'm still leaning on Mephisto being the one who's coming up out of this rather than Nightmare. There just haven't been enough Nightmare references other than that. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And I did look up Nightmare to see his character model. Man's ain't got no drip, no nothing. Like, no. I, he's weird. No, Mephisto Styles way is slamming on him. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also towards the Nightmare stuff, towards the end of the episode, Pietro tells Wanda he's not mad at her for creating the Hex mm. And says, it's a long way from giving people nightmares with red wiggly woos coming out your hand. Yep. Uh, and, you know, Pietro, he's questioning about how Wanda even has the ability to do all this when before it didn't seem that she had the power to do that. This is also very telling because he's literally talking about when she was giving people nightmares with red wiggly woos. Mm-hmm. In the age of Ultron, Wanda did just that. She gave everybody on the Avengers, almost everybody on the Avengers, nightmares when she was messing with their heads. Um in that movie with Tony, she gave him the, the the nightmare of all of his teammates dying and Kat basically saying it's his fault. Um, why, why didn't you stop this? Uh, with Thor, she gives him the nightmare of Asgard crumbling, uh, you know, which is really actually really close to the the events of Thor Ragnarok. All, all of her predictions were pretty much we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, they were they were. Tell them future movies. They were future, right. Yeah. And and also feeds back into that whole mention of her being a Sokovian fortune teller. She's giving mm-hmm. you a nightmare, but she's also giving you a vision of your future. Because Tony um, was seeing uh, Endgame in Infinity right. War. Yep. Cap, he being haunted by his past. You know, he's in that World War II setting with Peggy. And then her and everybody else just disappear and he's alone. Um, we've seen that a million times. Um, Black Widow and her memories of when she was coming up as the Black Widow uh, and being forced into sterilization, the fact that she can't have a family of her own. Um, and with Hulk, we don't even see what he goes through. He just gets mad. Yep. Hulks out. Yeah, he hooks out. But um, listen, he's always mad. There it is. Always angry. That's to tell you. Cap. <laughs> um, I thought the, and, and winding down on our themes list, I thought help the word help or the idea of helping it was a big theme because in this episode, constantly everyone and help anyone, me. they're asking for help. Help me, nigga. Like they're asking help for help. Me. They're talking about helping somebody. It's all, it's nonstop. So to give you some examples, um, in the very beginning, when when there's a, a little squabble between Wanda and Vision about who's going to be with the kids, he's talking about Uncle Pease to the rescue. Also right there, he is inserting himself into yes. them as the father figure. 
Yeah, and him and Vision like, have, I got the white chromosome. Yes, and him and Vision have a little back and forth that's real subtle. Like Vision gives him a punch to the shoulder that Pietro is not feeling at all. Yeah, so there's a little, and he's little also gives a, breathes a sigh of relief when Vision walks out the door. Yeah, so there's some something subtle, subtle coming up, happening under there. Um, <laughs> tension. Yeah. Uh, someone, oh Herb to Wanda when you know when she's talking to Herb outside, he says, "Is there something I can do for you, Wanda?" Again, constantly asking these people, uh, saying, "What can I do to help her and make her happy?" Um, she Agnes to Vision when Vision's awakens her. She says, "Are you here to help us?" Um, Monica to Darcy when when Darcy is warning her about entering the hex again. Uh, Monica says, "I know what Wanda is feeling, and I won't stop until I help her." Um, Darcy, she's yelling to the sword agents when Vision is coming apart outside of the hex. He's doing his whole Humpty Dumpty routine. She's saying, "Why aren't you helping him? Help him!" And then Vision himself, when he's yelling to the sword agents as he's dying again, <laughs> he says, "Help! The people need help." Also with uh, Monica to Darcy, that's a really deep line because she says, I know what Wanda is feeling and I won't stop until I help her. But it's not just that she knows what Wanda is feeling, having drawn through the hex and having felt those emotions for herself. It's also the fact that she knows that feeling of grief, having lost her mom and knows what it's like to have been in a situation where you feel like you could have done something and you couldn't because you weren't there. So Wanda and her have that in common. And that's what I think is what she's really referring to when she says that she knows what Mm. she's feeling. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and and I like I really like how I, I, I think the writers are doing a good job in general with all the characters, but especially with our this is our real introduction into Monica and mm-hmm. how how she's feeling her human humanizing her character and where she's coming from and, and helping you to relate to her her own personal struggles, right? Like, yeah, we know eventually she's gonna get some powers and all that. She's gonna be powerful. Um, in the in the in the MCU sense, but the fact is that she is a person. She is a woman. She's a black woman who had this mother who was like this incredible figure, at, you know, within the world, within Sword, all this stuff, and she lost her in the mm. blip, you know, right, right as she got blipped. So it's just like it's just good to just see how they're developing her story. Hell yeah! And it's really great to know that we're gonna see more either this Bat story or more of her in Captain Marvel too, and I'm sure just throughout the rest of the MCU. And like you said, you know the powers can wait, you know, because that don't make it. Especially for her, I like this because she's so ultra powerful in the comics, and because of that, they don't give her enough burn because she's so mm. ultra powerful. They can't use her that much, so she's always been you know relegated and pushed to the side because. You know, they don't want to make her outshine the rest of the Avengers. But in this, they're actually letting her character grow before we're even getting to the powers. So I love to see that. Yeah. I, I want to know the person behind the powers mm-hmm. versus the other way around. Facts. And that leads us to our last major theme, which is crossing boundaries. Um, we we see this in a both literal and figurative sense throughout the many scenes in this episode, um, particularly the first when Wayward Hayward first kicks Wu, Monica, and Darcy off the base. Wu says Hayward is way overstepping his professional authority, i.e. he's maybe overstepping bounds of his power. Um, When Vision finds the actual physical boundary of the hex at the corner of Ellis Ave and Rolling Hill Road, um, you know, we see that literal big-ass red stop sign which is also a hexagon. Um, but again, that's the major boundary. Even Wanda early in the episode told her sons don't go past Ellis Ave because again, that's where the hex stops, at least at that time. And then as we see later 
Wanda extends that boundary and swallows up the sword base. And a lot more. And a lot more. Um, Pietro seems to lack clear boundaries with how he just acts, behaves, speaks to Wanda, to everybody, but particularly to Wanda, which is now making me think more about what you said, your your, your hypothesis earlier about him not being who he says he is. At all. So, I mean, and it, which is, I mean, the Fox version of him does act like that, but... Mm, we'll get into more, but we'll get into We'll get there. Right. I know, so, I know right now the comments on Twitch are already like, you know, explaining all this. So yeah, yeah. We're going to get I there. Love y'all on Twitch, man. This is so much fun. I love being in the chat room on Twitch. But, um, yes. but yeah, so, so, so Pietro lacking boundaries. Like, um, like when Wanda he- yeeted him into some hay, when he was like, it's not like your dead husband can die twice. First of all, that's the most foul, violating mm-hmm. shit you could say to somebody, let alone someone who created this whole place because of that very trauma. So, of course, you know, Wanda got mad about that shit. And I'm like, yo, maybe you shouldn't have said that, bro. Um, Go ahead. All right. Uh, yeah. Two things just before I forget them about that yeah. particular scene. One, the fact that he says it's not like your dead husband can die twice. How the fuck do you know, dog? How the fuck do you know? You was dead well before that. And if you are this, if you are Pietro from another multiverse or whatever, you wouldn't have this information. Yes. All right. Two, um, when Pietro gets yeeted into the cornfield or into the hay, the hay yeah. there's mad uh, tombstones by him, right? Yes. Now, shout out to, I think it's New Rot Stars who, uh, the breakdown, they peeped this because I didn't even peep this, or it might have been somebody else. I watch a lot of breakdowns on YouTube. Sorry if I didn't get this right. But the names on the tombstones, of course, are production members, et cetera. Mm-hmm. On one like, tombstone, like yeah. the, not byline, but what is, what's it called on a tombstone? <laughs> not tagline. That's even more cap- dark. You want to use IG, the caption. Yeah, the caption. Oh, on a, wow. I don't know what to call it, but but you know, usually there's a name uh, and under it is a message or yeah, I can't remember what it's called right now. It's blanking me. But anyway, the tag says not on her side. Yeah. So Pietro goes yamming by this thing that says not on her side, which, which I think is pointing out about him not being, being on, not on her side. side. There we go. Okay. Um, which I absolutely believe. Um, yes. And, and, you know, also when it comes to crossing boundaries that, that you know, you have bad manners, which Pietro has that in spades. He has mm-hmm. bad manners. He's considered a man child. Sleeping all day. He brings in up traumatic shit without warning. My man <laughs> you know, is shit. teaching the kids how to shotgun tans. Shotgun is soda, right? And I'm just like, yeah. what the fuck? Um, and even that boundary, this is kind of a meta boundary, but he yells out when, when they're first walking out to go trick-or-treating, he yells out, unleash hell, demon spawn. And Wanda seems a little annoyed, but she let it. She brushes it off. But this is also again meta because this is a reference to the comics. Um, the origins of Tommy and Billy are a little fuzzy, but in the comics, they are made with pieces of Mephisto. So, yes. as we kept explaining over and over again, Mephisto is Marvel's version of the devil, you know, top demon, whatever the fuck you want to call him. Pretty much. Yeah. And they were first thought to be a piece of Master Panda. <laughs> Master Pandemoniums. You said Master Panda. I'm like, oh shit, we doing it. It's funny. That's what <laughs> Hawkeye. That, that's what Hawkeye would call him. Oh. Master, yeah, Hawkeye would be like, oh, we got to go fight Master Panda again. Oh, yeah, wow. Master Pandemonium. Who Pandemonium? The word Pandemonium actually means the abode of demons in certain, you know, whatever. So Pandemonium, you know, like where the demons live. And so Master Pandemonium had his soul split into five parts. 
He was searching for his soul. He thought that Billy and Tommy were a part of his soul, which led to the iconic and disturbing photo that I guess, wow, I get to post this on our Instagram this week of um, Master Pandemonium holding up his two hands being Billy and Tommy as babies. Wow. Yeah, this is in comics in the late 90s, 2000s. So but it's literally later, Demon Spawn. Literally Demon Spawn. Like his, It's one of the grossest pictures you ever see. It's very disturbing. And so why are you going to post it? Because <laughs> I brought it up. You know, people right. want to see it. Yeah, all right, Pietro. The, look, the post began all the lights now. You know, people want to see these comments <laughs> that we talk about. That's comments facts. I copped. You know? This is facts. We do yeah. post all the comments that we talk about on the show. In reference to WandaVision. So there yep. you go. You're going to get some demon baby arms. <laughs> Look, you asked for it, or maybe you didn't, but it's coming anyway. The last point in the boundaries theme. Uh, Wanda's, <laughs> Talk about crossing boundaries. Yo. Yeah. <laughs> Wanda's initial boundaries of keeping her powers hidden seems to be out of the window now. As we see, both her and her family, except Vision, they use their powers in the open without hiding. No one else seems to be caring or paying attention. Um, the physical boundary of the hex being moved out from where it was before. Uh, crossing a, a lot of other people's bounty and and swallowing up a lot more people. She swallows up Darcy amongst others. So I'm like, what's happen? What's going to happen to Darcy? Like, is what like that? She is she going to change into a character like like Monica did? Is she gonna like? Oh, I'm, what is she? I'm fully going with that. Darcy is going to turn into her character from Two Broke Girls <laughs> because Two Broke Girls is the 2000s, you know, late 2000s show. So I'm oh my fully. God. If yeah, they do that, fully. That, because that wild. yeah, they're already gonna. We've seen clips where they're doing Modern Family, where she's talking, where Wanda is talking directly to the camera, really? and it looks like they're yeah, it looks like they're in the Modern Family house. I've tried to avoid as much of the trailers and everything as possible, y'all. But I've definitely already seen that really short shot of her sitting I, I, in that I Modern don't Family. Watch the yeah, but yeah, I've seen the shot of her sitting in the Modern Family house with the gray binder and her talking directly to camera. And people have said that Vision. Walks in and is like, who the fuck are you talking to? Basically? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, just but yeah, I think hilarious. that's next week. But I, I'm hoping that we get Darcy as two woke girls. Yeah. yeah. And you, you touched on this earlier, but um, the idea of p- boundaries is also parallel with what we're seeing, which is really the evolution of TV and the stories mm-hmm. we see yep. um, on television. The social norms and boundaries of the 50s, for example, is way different from the boundaries and social norms of the 90s, 2000s. So you see the the, the drastic changes. Uh, and again, whether or not it crosses certain people's boundaries really depends on the person. And it's also like we talked about before and like we're talking about now even is the breaking of the fourth wall, how the characters are breaking the fourth wall and how that becomes a more standard thing. And TV in the 90s and 2000s becomes a lot more like self-referential where they make references and these jump cuts to old TV, to old movies, to all this mm-hmm. old... Stuff that the people who are then creating it grew up on, where to now it's like people are creating TV are the same people who grew up on TV, where before people who were creating TV grew up on books and other shit, mm, you know, mm-hmm. before that, you know, and that's like where their the, influence is from, from. The creators coming up now grew up on TikTok and Vine and all this yeah, other stuff. Yeah. So, and so the influence their entertainment, you'll see that, yep. Yeah, it's going to, the entertainment that they create is going to look different than the entertainment that these people created, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, same thing. Mm, excellent point. Yeah. All right, so that is all of the themes, which leads us now into the characters. Again, we, we may mm. talk about characters that have already been introduced to get some new information, or we'll talk about some new characters. Mm. We talked a lot about Pietro already. Mm. Let's um, talk about this man. 
again, who the, now you really got my interest peaked. So I'm like, really, who the hell is this man? Because you know, want to confront him about how he got there. Why does he look different? Why you know what happened to his accent? And I just was dying laughing because my man said, "Well, where's your accent?" Mm. So <laughs> I was just like, "Ooh, he's the only one who." Out of everyone, he's the only one who's directly challenging Wanda. Like, he talks back to her. Like, you notice how whenever Wanda's like, oh, you're not going to do that? And people switch up real quick or they get a little mm-hmm. bit nervous. He's the only one who's just like, he's saying wild shit from jump and not really caring about how she reacts. Mm-hmm. He also, oh, no, go ahead. No, continue. Okay, he also, uh, from like you said, from jump, he plays sleeping when they're talking about you know, as he sleep, he does the fate snoring, the classic mm-hmm. TV fate snoring. He listens to what they're saying. He sees uh, Pietro is the only one or the only one who seems to be paying attention when Tommy's speaking to the camera, right? Billy mm-hmm. just sits there playing the game or whatever. And Pietro's looking over at him like, what does he talk about? His parents are been fighting lately. Okay, what can I do about that? You know, how can I insert myself in yeah. this? We talked yeah. about him early on when, you know, he gets Vision out the house. He's happy. He's trying to replace Vision as a father figure. He starts influencing the kids to rebel against their parents. When they're like, oh, mom, you look cool. He's like, no, she looks lame. And they're like, lame, you know, word. Mm-hmm. Which is like these kids must be the key because, first of all, Wanda was influenced to have them or create them mm-hmm. in the first place. And then, like I said, I, I don't know. Remember before when I was just like, did, Ag- did Agnes spray some stuff on them? Or was that really lavender? Or what was that that kind mm-hmm. of sped up their whole growth and development and all that other stuff? Uh, so it's just all, what is the real purpose? Are they really trying, is is Tommy and Billy really the keys to everything? Yes. yes. Okay. But, yeah. <laughs> I like that definitive yes. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, without a doubt. yeah, Tom, It's all about Tommy and Billy. You know, now who's behind everything? I have no clue. Well, I have several clues. I'm not 100% sure on any of them, but... Yes, I do believe that the whole key of this was forcing Juan to have children. Like I've said in earlier episodes, I don't believe that that was Wanda's intention. Like, she wants the happy family with Vision, but I don't even know mm-hmm. if that involves kids, at least in the MCU. Yeah, you know? I mean, she wanted to be with him. Yes. and I think That the was kids really the main are, thing. Yeah, I think the kids are the byproduct of that. And like they've shown in the MCU from the beginning, she just wants time with Vision, which is why now they're stealing time for everyone else. They have their own time. And she's like, yo, I'm not having that. Because that was from their thing from going back to Infinity War, where when they get attacked, they're talking about having time. And, you know, we've been stealing moments and all this, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Other things that make us question who Pietro, this version Ooh, of Pietro all of it. is. Everything. Um, he he talks about how he remembers being shot in the streets, which is which would be what happened in Ultron. And then the next thing he says, he hears Wanda calling to him. Also, he talks about it, like we said, he said he gets shot like a bum. Yeah. Like, for no reason. And I'm like, you really going to, like, you going to clown yourself, bro? Yeah, like, you going to clown yourself after you died heroically to save everyone? Yeah, like, you you died for a good perp- like cause. Yeah. Like, you, as you say, you were being heroic and all that stuff, so now you're going to come back and say, yo, y'all was a fucking chump. Like, who, who would do that? <laughs> the devil. You know what I mean? Who has, uh, you know, Pietro Quitsilver's hair is straight from the comics? Also reminiscent of horns of a devil. Yeah, it is. It is. Yep. Um, he brings up memories that are uh, different from the memories that Wanda remember when he talked mm-hmm. about his childhood. He says, and again, he says, you know, remember that one year we got typhus when they were trick or treating, and it's he. It brings up this bizarre kind of like bizarro, stereotypical Chernobyl vibe type of type of 
Sokovia, right? Where they're out trick-or-treating and it's a little comedic. You see the old woman give them a fish as their trick-or-treat. And he's wearing like that eye patch. She's wearing the weird bug ears or whatever you want to call them, antennas. So, um, and then even in terms of another memory, quote unquote, Wanda tests him asking if he remembers in the orphanage when they were a kid and some other kids would steal his boots and this kid had the skin thing. I was just like, wait, well, first of me, I was like, wait, what, what the hell is she talking about? And to me, the only person that that matches that description is Nightcrawler. But again, that could be reaching. Oh, no. Multiple X-Men. Multiple. It could be any. It it could be multiple X-Men, right. It could be any number of X-Men with skin themes. Nightcrawler is not even the first thing that comes to mind. There's so many. Um, Yeah. But one thing I did want to point out, because someone else pointed this out on the internet, is that it's possible that when there are kids in that fake memory, they are dressed as Nick Fury and Black Widow. Because she's got like what could... Yeah, the antenna could be spider eyes, and my man shot the eye patch. Well, the eye patch I could see being, yep. yeah, but I don't know about the. I mean, it's a reach, but you know, it also could be that weird, you know, childhood also spies. Also, they're not who they say they are. They're dressed yeah. up as spies. I mean, that that memory or false memory is also like an amalgamation of many. Again, it's it's more fake. It's like obviously fake and comedic. Mm-hmm. And like if you listen to the audio, you hear gunshots yeah. and gunfire in the background. It's like there's some war going on in the background. There's, and like, there's like a posters behind yeah, the woman. The, Again, like I said, like like the whole Eastern European Chernobyl type shit. Like, it, as you said, the, the 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 atomic posters, and then you have like that flaming barrel. <laughs> like, it's just it's just very Borat. It's yeah. it's, it's strange. So I I, I don't know. Um, and, you know, and we said this before earlier. You know, how does he know about all this information about Vision? There there's other clues lying around. And again, why you think this Pietro may be somebody else? Because he seems to feed off fear. Yes, he stares uh, Wanda early on in the house. You know, he stares the kids. He stares Wanda. He then stares her again with the shift to uh, dead Pietro, which also the thing about it is this, right? When he goes to dead Pietro, not only are his wounds different than what the real Pietro had, he's still dead Evans. He's not dead um, whatever that other actor's name is. I cannot remember his name right now. Uh, Taylor Johnson, right? Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yeah. yeah, he's still not Aaron Taylor. So he's still, I mean, I know they're not going to bring him in for that shot, but they could have showed him from back. They could have done a lot of different things. But they still went that he's still the same dead dude. But they did show, they, there was a quick clip of when they talked about when he died, and they showed the clip from Ultron. Yes, they do. In the intro, in the intro yeah. of the show, you know, previous to what happened, and that's another point, right? In the intro of the show, you know, what happened previously on Wanda, they show him getting shot. They show the scene where he was shot, not the scene where he actually gets killed, because that's the last time that Wanda saw him was when he got shot before he got killed, because he gets shot twice in the movie. He gets shot once, and then later on he runs and he gets, you know, capped and, mm. you know, <laughs> catches it. Like the first time he just gets clipped, second time it's like, he like a chump in the line. street. And that whole chump in the street line, I got to go back to it because it's just so weird that, like I say, he would talk about him dying heroically. But it's also that idea of, like, it gets real meta, like, where he died for no reason. Because in the meta sense of it, Quicksilver died for no real reason other than the fact that the licensees were two different people at the time. And they yeah. didn't want to have, if they knew that Fox's Quicksilver was popping, they didn't want to have Quicksilver popping on their own end and have all the confusion. So For no reason. Merc him for no reason. Damn. Yeah, cold-blooded. Cold-blooded. Yeah. Uh, in terms of characters, we talked a lot about Monica already. Um, mm-hmm. 
we success we said this last week and it was confirmed by Darcy that the energy in the boundary has altered Monica's cells on a molecular level and she, particularly because she went through twice. About and now she's about to go through a third time. That's gonna be it. God knows what's gonna happen. Yeah. I uh, I also see you have that Monica brushes it off when she gets mm-hmm. this news because it's a sad reference to her mom. Very sad. Yeah, very sad. Having cancer cells, metastasizing cells and remission is what metastasizing, people yeah. metastasizing. Sorry, and I should know yeah. that. Uh, and cells and remission is what people go through all the time dealing with cancer. Mm-hmm. It's also interesting because people point out that there's two theories right now that Monica already has powers and knows about it, and that's why she's like whatever it is, you know. Or why she's so blase about test results, and yes, like all that shit. Mm. But then there's also when she knocks out the guard that she seems to. Prize at her own strength. I really don't get that from that shot. I more thought I that, that yeah, Monica just served dude was more surprised he went down like a sucker. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah. I just thought she, you know, they were just full of adrenaline. Yeah, like, yeah, and it's, I did that it. whole scene felt like you know a action movie thing because they just serve these guys. You know, it's yeah. like they're they're easily served. Like maybe Wanda's helping them. You know, I don't know. It was I was something. laughing because I was like, the people walking in the background, I'm like, y'all don't hear that? You know, they didn't hear nothing. Y'all don't, y'all don't hear that? Y'all don't, Straight I mean, up They're not close, game. but they're, they're close enough. They was like Metal Gear, bro. Like, they were just out of range. They just did <laughs> not know. <laughs> you know? The exclamation point didn't yeah, they, Nah, they just kept, kept going about their daily the routine. The agrosphere just was yeah. not touched whatsoever. Not, not touched at all. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, Tommy and Billy, uh, both of their powers manifest in this episode, which I thought was super cool. Thanks to Pietro. Thanks to thanks, Pietro. Uh, Tommy, also known as Speed in the comics, he has super speed like Quicksilver. And then Billy, known as Wiccan in the comics, he has telekinesis and telepathy amongst potentially other things like what? Yes. Like people wanted to point out to us he has the potential to become the Sorcerer Supreme. But like I've also said on previous episodes, at first his potential is to be the Demiurge. Demiurge, I guess, Demiurge. Which in Marvel is like the would recreate magic in general, like just ultra powerful oh. dude. Like this dude's outrageously powerful potentially. Yeah, yeah. The kids yeah. tend to be more powerful than, than their parents. parents. Yeah, yeah, and he just like upgraded Wanda basically. Once yeah. again, y'all look up his suit. Look up Young Avengers by Karen Gillan and Jamie McKelvey. I'll post some images from that, so it's not just baby demon arms this week. <laughs> So you can see Wiccan's butter suit, yo. Because I've still never seen anybody cosplay that one, like, well. If somebody has a pic of that, please send it to me. Because I've never seen a fire where somebody has that whole universe look. That shit is so You're going to see more of that coming soon. after Because of this show. Oh, yeah. Somebody's going to get it right. Somebody's going to figure out how to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, We talked a little bit, or you talked a bit about the dichotomy of Billy and Tommy's approach to life and how they feel about Halloween and what that may really represent. Mm -hmm. Uh, We see Tommy using his powers to steal candy, have a blast. Uh, When Billy comes to his power, he is more serious, right? So he hears Director Hayward um, talking, you know, saying, oh, Vision wants to leave. Um, He hears Vision, his father, yelling in pain, which means he can hear outside of the hex. So that does that also mean he can potentially leave the hex? Uh, we'll see. I don't know if he can actually hear outside of the hex as far as that he can see where his dad is. And because his dad is outside of the hex, this is what he can see. He heard Hayward. So I understand hearing what you're well, saying Hayward makes sense right for Vision, there. but he heard, which is Vision outside of the hex. But Vision heard Hayward. Oh, so, so Vision is nothing more than a microphone. There you go. Yeah. A transmitter. A transmitter. Okay. Yes. A radio. I'll can't live that. without my radio. <laughs> Visions uh, can't live. Agnes, this is a slippery fish. 
Magnus is a very slippery. Is fish it a red me. herring? Could be, could be. Uh, was that no. a red herring that they were that that old woman was giving you in that that, th- that whole that whole scene? What the, yeah. what the heck? Because red herring. Vision finds her at the edge of town in a trance. Right, she's just sitting yep. in her car at that stop sign we said at the corner of Ellis and Rolling Road. She says she got lost, and Vision's like, "Bread in the town you grew up in? How did you?" No, nah, bread, because lost. I ain't got no license here because I'm not a real person. <laughs> um. Uh, Agnes was Agnes faking like being in this cloud or was she really struggling with being stuck in and out of character until she wakes up what do you you said that you think she's faking <sighs> it's it's once again like this goes back to the police and the SV, East View thing where it's like there's just a few things where it just throws me off completely where I have I'm not 100% but I'm leaning hard no I'm not though because I <laughs> I, I, I literally, yeah, I know. I just like, I, I just did the golem. Like, I did the, uh, <laughs> Master loves us. Master loves <laughs> He would never hurt us. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I like the golem impression. Oh my God. I'll never forget when I was sitting at home. Cause I think when I was in the theater, I might've been too high and I just didn't realize <laughs> The brilliance of, you know, that acting in that scene. Because it wasn't until I was sitting at home. And I was, yeah, and I was really watching. I'm like, yo, this dude is really screaming on himself. Yeah, yeah. Like, this shit is brilliant. So, so you're not completely sure she's faking? <laughs> no. Back to Agnes. I'm not 100% sure she's faking. Because when she does wake up, one of the illest moments, right? This is real quick. But acting again. She reaches for that brooch. For the mm-hmm. brooch. Did I get it right? A brooch. 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 Yeah, yeah, she reaches for the brooch. Right that away. Necklace. Right away. Because... She's like, where is that? That is very important. She's not wearing it, right? No, she's not wearing it. And she reaches for it, and then she goes on about her business. But even if she's completely shook through the whole thing, her whole vision, you're dead thing, you know, and you're dead, you're dead. Four times. Yeah, that part is where I'm like, okay, Adnis is faking this whole thing. You know, why? I don't know. Yeah. Remains to be seen. Um, also in stuff she says, she says, no one leaves and all is lost. Mm. And that could be uh, another hellish reference, but a reference to Paradise Lost by Milton. Um, They say, all is not lost. The unconquerable will and the study of revenge, immortal hate and courage will never... I'm not reading this whole thing. But the whole point is, (laughs) it's it's, it's a very specific quote. Um, And and it's an epic poem that tells the story of, of Satan and Adam and Eve. Yeah, it's two uh, concurrent stories. One telling the fall of Satan, like basically leading up to the world creation, like the battle in heaven, and then Satan falling to earth when Satan betrays God, and then Satan falls to earth, and then God creates the world after that, and the yeah. birth of Adam and Eve, et cetera. How they a lot get of this turned. tracks, a lot of this tracks. So. Yes, and this the whole is, yeah. all is lost and all that. You'll hear that phrase so many times. All is lost, you know. Oh, I think that's on the Simpsons. Despair. Yeah, I think. All is lost. Oh, and then they I know where I just saw it. Um Men in Black 2. Oh when when Tommy pushes his uh when Tommy Lee Jones puts his finger into that world, there's like this small miniature world, and he sticks his finger into the water, thinking it's just water, like a bowl of water. But when he pushes it, this tidal wave crashes on this small miniature world, <laughs> and all the little aliens are like, All is lost! <laughs> 
started laughing, a whole race just dying. <laughs> I know. And Will's like, don't touch that. But, you know, that race is done. You know, right. he pulls his finger off, but that tidal wave still hit, fam. Like, it's oh still tight. God. Oh, uh, man. That was a great yeah. movie. And last about Agnes, when, you know, after she goes through her, her she she goes off the deep end, she starts cackling like a witch, mm-hmm. which is a, very much in theme, what we said earlier about Halloween and all other stuff, and also who we think she is potentially you know, being Agatha Harkness and Agatha being essentially a witch. All these people are witches. Um, One last thing yeah. about her brooch. Because she doesn't have it on her, is that where the soul of Mephisto, her husband, is trapped? And now that it's out, is he Pietro? Or is he already Dottie and Dottie is Pietro? Because we have not seen Dottie in a few episodes. Pietro definitely the devil. Uh, and so this is Dottie. Is- this is related to, this is small, this is related to Agnes, it's more of an Easter egg, but the car she's in, her license plate, again, could be throwaway, could be something else. If you put it into Google, it's a hex color that, and, and depending if the first letter is O or D, it could be crimson red or black. Yeah, okay, thank you, because people were saying that it's red and I like that shit is black. <laughs> it depends, because the first letter look could be as a, the letter O, yeah. or excuse me, the, the number zero, what, mm-hmm. the number zero, or it yep. could be the letter D, Yeah. depending on how you, which way your eyes cross. But they both, uh, they both pretend to colors that are um, evocative of Scarlet Witch. Yes, and so, hell. And hell and all that. Black magic, red witch, red magic, whatever the fuck. Yeah. We, we, we're in a whole Final Fantasy game at this point. But, uh, or a Janet uh, Jackson song. Yo. Um, director Tyler Hayward. That man, that Wayward Hayward, we did not like him from the beginning. And Super Dickhead has activated with him because he is incredibly sarcastic, passive aggressive towards Wu, Darcy and Monica particularly. And then, you know, just straight up kicks them off the base. We also know or come to find out that he's very sneaky because when Darcy hacks into the the firewalls and get all his files and stuff, she sees that he's hiding shit. Um, we're going to get to the, about what he's hiding, but um, he, with him being passive aggressive, he says, which one of you is a sassy friend? When mm-hmm. he was talking to Monica and Darcy. Mm-hmm. And they both are like, offense you know they, they, they're definitely offended by that because that was a rude statement um this you said this is also a tv trope yeah it's also a tv trope the, the whole sassy friend i think darcy's character on two broke girls is the sassy friend even though i'm not really sure she I plays sassy a lot a lot i haven't watched most of it so i i'm not sure both of them are sassy but there's always a sassy friend and also it was a direct shot at monica because direct. he he knows that she was playing the sassy friend and Felt disrespected as she should by being right. forced to play the sassy friend. Right. So I was just like, okay, don't read me. Damn. Man. Uh, the the Look, thing. You know, hey, hey, we may not like him, but my man delivered the goods with that one. He just be. I just yeah. want to punch him in the face, to be I honest. I know. Yeah, because he, he make you want to punch him in the face. I just came here to fight. Yeah. I just came here to fight. I choose honest. violence. <laughs> uh, the, the thing about him being sneaky, as I mentioned, Darcy finds that file or his files or information she sees something that's called cataract mm-hmm. it says classified weapons intel and then with a label of eyes only hayward t yep. so some secret file that's just for his eyes only interesting thing about cataract if, if you know what that is a cataract is a medical condition which results in blurred vision um and and, and again this distracts because i've noted all the repeated references with hayward constantly talking about sight and being able to see like he's always talking about having a clear picture clear vision being able to see more see 
through things. He's he's been saying this ever since the day he showed up on on this series because he um, wants vision. Because he wants vision, right? And then of course the the, the everything that comes along with with vision's name. Mm-hmm. Um, Cataracts also creates a cloudy lens on your eye, which is similar to how Vision and PHO's eyes look when their dead versions show up. And and again, this this goes back to my earlier question about were those dead moments that we see these characters in? Is that just a break in Wanda's part power, or is that part of Hayward's cataract weapon? Like, no, is it something? What's going on? Someone Neither. using this weapon to try to get Wanda out has nothing to do with it. Neither. I think the cataract weapon is actually Vision. I think cataract it refers to Vision himself. And being like, once they have control of, you know, once they put something over vision, like, uh, you know, over the vision to like control. Like some subroutine within his body, which is yeah. why he was all, they was working on him in, in the sword yeah. lab. Yeah, I don't think the cataract is being used on Wanda. I think whatever, I think there are two, you know, people are like, who's the main villain of this? I think there are two opposing, or maybe more, but at least two opposing forces as far as main villains. I think there is. Hayward, Wayward Hayward, whatever he's up to. And he might not even be a villain as much as the guy who really has been through it. Like he said in this episode, y'all wasn't here for that shit. You know what I mean? This man snapped out half of the universe. I held it together. Yeah, now, whether yeah. he's mad about having to hold it together, you know, et cetera. He's that, big mad. Yeah, but true, but he has reason. So what I'm saying is he bid mad about, like, oh. is it one of those things where he's bid mad enough to be villain? Or is he just bid mad enough for a suspected villain, but he's really doing trying to do good? You know, we don't know. Well, you know, Sword and Shield always trying to do good. Yeah, and and it's like they can mind your business. Yeah, but at the same time, we don't consider that for Nick Fury. You know, we fuck with Fury. So that's what I'm saying. Is Hayward like Fury or is he like everybody else we've seen? Oh, he ain't like no Fury. I ain't giving him that. All right. Well, the other side of it is that I don't, you know, I don't think it's all, what we say, it's not a break in Wanda's power either. I do think that this is the outside influencing Wanda to see this. This is what you don't want. Remember, you know, your past is dead. You need to stay in this town. Remember, she sees Vision dead, and then she's immediately like, oh, yeah, we can't leave. No, brother. Oh, oh no. You know, oh, no. trust me, we can't leave because you did. You can't leave. And you see what happens when he tried to leave. Humpty Dumpty. Humpty Dumpty, right? And then Pietro, who is just straight up messing with her throughout the episode, shows her the fear once again. Your past is terrible. Stay here. I'm here for a little bit to give you some grief, just to let to keep you on the right path. That's what you wanted. <laughs> You know what I mean? Give yeah. you grief. Like, people talk about it like grief has, like, you know, that jokey mess with you, but it's also give you grief. Grief. Grief, grief. Yeah. 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 Yep. Uh, lastly, in the characters list, I wanted to mention Jimmy again because I just applauded him for throwing hands first. He seems to be coming more into his own, especially he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a steps away from when we first met him in Ant-Man uh, and the Wasp, and he's really taking shit into his own hands. Um you know, you said he counted the guards before he went ham. Like, he was trying to figure out yeah, what his odds were. My man was like, okay, wow. one, two, three, and then whap, whap, went to work. Yeah. You said he learned to hotwire? How the fuck did he get, they get away in those trucks? Well, he said, I'm an expert at hotwiring. And we see Ant-Man hotwiring early in the car. So I feel like Jimmy Woo has been in touch with Ant-Man because he had to learn the magic mm. trick. And so he's just been, you know, him and Ant-Man been kicking it since, you know, this all went down. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, actually, you know, how much time has that been for Jimmy Woo to have been kicking it? Ant-Man was dusted for... No, yeah, it ain't been. It's been like three weeks. No, maybe not. Jimmy Woo's just been... Maybe during those five years, Jimmy Woo has been, like, obsessed with Ant-Man. You know? Because I mean, that he's magic gone. Was, he was on yeah. his ass about that magic That's trick, what I'm so saying. So he's been obsessed with everything Ant-Man. He probably... All right, he was probably hanging out with T.I. and Luis and uh, the oh, other God, dude. Oh, God, I forgot T.I. was in that movie. 
Jesus. Yeah. Reminding me. I know. Will he be? Will he return for the next one? It's a question. Um, fucking up your Disney bag. Uh, moving on. Commercials. We got another commercial this time. Mm -hmm. The darkest, probably. The darkest, most effed up commercial. I was. I personally, I clutch clutch my pearls. I was just like, oh, that one left real fast. Yeah, real fast. Uh, this commercial is for a product called Yo Magic. Yo Magic yogurt. <laughs> it's a it's a riff off of the old Yo Play Gogurt commercials of the '90s and the 2000s, uh, for the '99 and 2000s to be specific. Um, it's very dark version to me of the similar commercials from Saturday morning cartoon programming. Mm -hmm. You always and they utilizes that stop motion claymation style. So you've yep. seen it in commercials like Lunchables, California Raisins, a few others. Um, I don't think they use it as much anymore, just because it's just a little creepy. Uh, if you know Wallace and Gromit, you've there seen that go. style. There we go. I was about to pick up Wallace and but, Gromit. Yeah, but besides that, all the other ones I've seen are, are super fucking creepy, and I don't really like it. These are the wrong trousers. I used to <laughs> love, like, even before Wallace and Gromit, I loved Claymation as a kid. Like, um, Did you? Yeah, the earliest that I remember is, uh, oh, no, Mr. Hand. What is it, Mr. Bill? Yeah, Mr. Bill. I, I want to say Mr. Bill is the SNL stint. I'm not sure where oh, it first came have from. Oh, commercials about that. That little yeah, guy they did. with the... He's like red and red, yellow yeah, yeah, head. Yeah, and, yeah, then he, yeah. and then, oh, no, Mr. Hand. And, Mr. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it was yeah. just somebody's hand coming and crush him. Yeah, oh, God. Mr. Bill used to kill me and my boy as a kid. Dog. We were, oh, fanatics but, for Mr. But Bill. But that style be, be creeping me out. And it, and, and it definitely creeped me out on this commercial. Yeah. Um, again, the kid on this desert island... He's he's talking about uh, he's so hungry he can eat anything. Which to me, again, we all know about these commercials. These are image. These are snapshots of Wanda's mm -hmm. past. The snapshots of her psyche and what's going on. She talks about how she was so hungry could eat anything. To me, that represented her desperation and her loss of hope. As we, she even talks about it when she's talking to Pietro about how she felt empty um, and there was nothing there, um, and. Uh, you know, as we know, this, 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 these events of WandaVision is three weeks after the events of Endgame. Yep. So that's that's still plenty of time to be really buried deep into your sorrows and sadness and all this other stuff. Um, after the kid says that, this shark pops out of the water. The shark says, "Oh, how he used to be like that all the time until he took your magic." <laughs> and <laughs> it gets it's cheesy. Snat on your magic. Snat. Uh, could be representative. Could again. be. Rep could be representative of Agnes or someone else that convinced Wanda to gorge, splurge on her magic so she would never feel hungry again. Or mm -hmm. it could be representative of someone who gave Wanda something to amp up her magic so that she would be capable of this type of, this level of power. Or it could be somebody snacking on your magic, as like he said. Like making her use his power so they can consume it. Yes. It's a shark. That's what sharks do. Yep. Uh, the, sh the shark gives the kid the yo magic, but the kid is too weak to open it. Like, man's couldn't even take the lid off. He just gives the kid the thing. The, the kid's weak. So he, he can't open it. He Days and days go by. He ends up withering away and dying. You see that skull. That shark says the tagline, the snack for survivors. Um, about Wanda, you know, she was initially faded away during Infinity War after she was trying to hold, hold off Thanos and killing Vision. Um, she did. She come back. She did come back for the for the events of Endgame. So she's considered a survivor. She survived damn near everything leading up to Infinity War, unlike Pietro, uh, you know, and her family, Sokovia itself, etc. <laughs> yeah. 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 She's a 
survivor. Yeah, she's a survivor. You know, give her that. Yeah. Right. Uh, what else could this commercial be representing or referencing? Uh, my only question that I just could not get is, like we talked about last week, is how the commercials seem to be representing a different Infinity Stone for them four commercials. This was our fifth commercial, and I'm not sure what stone this could represent. There was a lot mm-hmm. of little things, but none that made me like, okay, that's this stone. So, yeah, I, I don't know if that theory is holding up anymore. I but mean, what are... I'm trying to think what what... what reality space yeah we've had reality we've had the cosmic cube we've had uh division power soul, soul. power soul power, mind and time mind and time we've had time we haven't had we haven't had power yet that could be power Power could be power was anything purplish in this one i'm not even the going shark. by colors because because even marvel keep changing kept changing yeah. the colors up from the beginning so but they know. they they cement you know they got onto their colors like now yeah. purple is power so Mm, I don't know. Could be power. I'll go with that, you know, because your magic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you also mentioned about what, something about Tony. What did I mention about Tony? You said the referencing the idea that people like Tony. Oh, sorry. Yeah. People like Tony. Sorry. So many references. I'm forgetting that Tony, everybody else, Trump's to Sokovia, offers them bullshit ass hope and doesn't do anything. You know, mm-hmm. basically gives them something. It's just like we see, you know, in, that in, in real, real life. life. Yeah, you know, relief efforts are always, you know, we bombed your town, now have some food, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But let's like, food is, be- yeah, we need food, but food is also beyond and besides it, the point of what we actually it need. It don't matter when you just bombed our town and we got nowhere right. to live. You know? <laughs> Let alone physical bombing, what about like mental bombing? Like you see it how you see, when you have underrepresented communities, communities mm-hmm. that don't get funding and shit yep. like that communities that are over policed and then they go oh you know well here's some you know here's some cute shit for you now but it's just like when are you going to address the systematic issues here never never happens all right yeah uh and also again a cute little tidbit here about the actor who actually voiced the shark his name is Mm -hmm. adam michael gold and according to his imdb bio he has a deathly fear of sharks so I thought that was, you know, either really interesting or really fucked up that they made him voice this shark. <laughs> I go with the latter. Because I seriously uh, doubt they knew that the when he was cast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they ain't know, you know. It's just like one of them weird coincidences that sucks for him. Could be a weird coincidence. Hopefully uh, he, that didn't shook him. That would be really weird if voicing the shark shakes him as well. I, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. Um, uh, let's, let's wrap this up with our Easter eggs and Word. inspirations. We talked a lot about this being 90s, 2000s, and all the shows that were acquainted with this era. We talked about toys, the attire and the environment. And we mentioned, you know, Dance Dance Revolution. We see Jenga there. We see what is either a PlayStation 1 or 2 there. Billy and Tommy using terms like rad and lame. Uh, that Juicy Couture. Pietro's wearing a puka shell necklace, which is mm. very 2000s. Man. Uh, I never the- did. <laughs> the music and the references to the music of that time I mentioned like Yellow Card Blink-182 um, even Pietro and the Boys Smashing Pumpkins mm-hmm. that's 90s Oh, um, that's that, very yeah. cute uh, very cute Easter egg when they're walking through first when they first show up in the town square the family um, on the movie theater marquee is The Incredibles and The Parent Trap that are playing in that theater Yep. The Incredibles came out in 2003. The Parent Trap, if they're doing the 90s version, came out in 1998, starring Lindsay Lohan. Uh, and The Incredibles is clearly about a superhero family who they initially hide in their powers and they use them to save everybody. And even one of their kids is a speedster, like Quicksilver slash Speed. Yep. Um, 
then with the parent trap is essentially about you know the two twins who who live on opposite sides of the world and they swap identities to go live each other's life and to keep their parents together mm. so so the two pietros the two the two kickasses are trying to and also the fact that uh billy and tommy are trying to keep wanda and vision together yeah uh there is um besides the actual marquee on the theater later and later in that town square scene there's a literal black and white movie playing mm-hmm. i did, I couldn't tell what it was but you did oh immediately fam the original night of the living dead by george romero himself the first movie pretty much the, set off the whole vo- uh, zombie everything and it's straight up a classic if you've never seen it it involves you know zombies in this small town a black man gets into this house helps protect everybody in the house into the movie he gets tapped of course <laughs> And George actually claims that he didn't cast a black guy to make any, you know, political statement, but it still happened. And it was a huge political statement because of it. And it's just a really great film. But it's showing the moment when the zombies are actually breaking into the house. And as this is happening, we see vision bursting through the field. So Mm. vision, the zombie. Literally living dead. Yes. Is Pietro the zombie? A couple things about they vision, both are shit. Couple things about vision bursting through the field too that we didn't mention before is that he, like you said, is Humpty Dumpty back into the field. Like you know, he's connected to it. He's part of it. Every piece of him, except for his soul stone, mm. is breaking down. The soul stone is staying chilling. What does that mean? I have no clue. But I'm just pointing it out to you. That's a, good you know, point. That's a good thing to point out. Yeah, because I, I really don't know, though. It's like, I'm not sure if that means that Wanda recreated a soul stone with her powers. Or well, remember, what? she don't even know how she got there. She so does not. somebody plays that there to do something else. Yep. Listen. All right, um, let's finish these Easter eggs up. We talked about this next one last week, about the kick-ass reference, but it's mm-hmm. said again. Tommy says it when Pietro says he can help him get more candy, and yep. then Wanda repeats the term kick-ass. We brought up last <laughs> week that Evan Peters, who plays this version of Pietro, he was Quicksilver in Fox's X-Men. He was also in the movie Kick-Ass, playing one of the best friends of Kick-Ass, and he also became his mirror-ass kicker. Aaron Taylor Johnson... Did he played, have a yellow and green suit? I don't know what Yeah, it was, it was the reverse of the suit. Okay, yep. Aaron Taylor Johnson, who played Kick-Ass in that Kick-Ass movie and was the original Pietro in the MCU version of Quicksilver, you know, was the other Kick-Ass. I haven't seen all of Kick-Ass 2. That's what it is. He's in Kick-Ass. Is he? Kick-Ass he turns, 2. I, yeah. I think they were in both. but I, I, I the, think he's in both, but I don't remember him becoming ass kicker in, in the first I think ass kicker was the second one. Yeah, okay. Because I've yeah, seen yeah. parts of the second one, but I ain't seen the whole thing yet. Yeah. And they're yeah. friends in real life, so it's just it's, it's it's cool, it's cute. Uh, the hex expansion, you know, we talked about how the base becomes a circus. You got you got clowns and funnel cakes, and you know the greatest show on earth sign showing up on the side of a cart. That helicopter turns into a hot air balloon. The West the funnel so- cake also says tunnel of love because Tun- this whole thing is about love. Lord Jesus, and Aww. then the Westview sign town saying ch- sign changes it changes to say home is where you make it. Well, make it which is very indicative of what wanda is doing right yep. the fuck now uh random marvel references galore pietro talks about uh if i found shangri la i wouldn't be reminded of the past either that you know on his face you know exactly what that's about but it also could reference several different things about shangri la itself um shangri la is described as a mystical place 
that it's in the Kunlun Mountains, if you're going by the 1933 novel. That's also familiar to a place called Kunlun in Iron Fist. Which is uh, inspired by that novel, obviously. Which is inspired by that yeah. novel. Iron Fist is the guardian and protector of Kunlun. Uh, but also, you said Marvel Mystery Comics 45... Vision yes. is portrayed as the immortal guardian of Shangri-La and the one who discovered the secret of eternal life and strives to prevent the unenlightened from attaining it. I don't know. I think this is, that's the old school Marvel. I think that might be a, a other character name is Vision. I'm not 100 on that one. Who, who knows, but. Yeah, whatever. Vision. But Shangri-La is basically Nirvana, heaven, and that's all, yeah. that's what Christopher's saying. If I found heaven, I wouldn't want to be reminded yeah. of the past. Once again, Forget about your past. Don't worry about who's stopping by as the song yeah. went, you know. I, in terms of the uh, costuming, I thought someone was dressed in as a version of Hobgoblin. Yeah, It could maybe. be, could not yeah. be. Um, someone else, I, I, I did see this on my, on, in passing today. Someone was like, um, what, you know, that, um, that, what is that thing that be in car dealerships that be waving around? They were like, wavy balloon. Of, wavy yeah. balloons. It kind of has the eyes of Spider-Man. I'm like, right, who knows, maybe. Reaching. Uh, you thought the balloon looked like Dormammu. Yeah, another balloon in a big reach looks like Dormammu, the villain from Doctor Strange. Could be. Yeah. It looks more like the comic version of Dormammu, so we'll see. But yeah, yeah. big reach. Uh, when Darcy is snooping behind the sword firewall, uh, it mentions... I, I noticed that there were six firewalls, six-sided hexagon, all that stuff, you know, all the connections. Um, sword is tracking Vision's vibranium signature, another Marvel reference. Um, when Darcy finds Monocle medical records, the screen scrolls over a lot of other different files. Um, and now, again, while we said before a lot of the numbers don't necessarily mean something specific, what I have seen a pattern was that some of these numbers represent numbers of comic issues with certain stories that are connected to Wanda and Vision. So there's, I saw a Project C4-113, um, which is Avengers 113, where Scarlet and, excuse me, Scarlet Witch and Vision go public with their relationship. People is hating on them, including this group of suicide bombers, the C4. Um, they almost killed Vision, but he survived. Wow, you... <laughs> I'm dead ass. I'm no, dead I, ass. No, no, And I, I saw it, and like I said, I've never seen these kinds before. And I saw it, and it's... Y'all, Google I, I've seen Avengers these 113 before. That's right what I'm now. I'm telling you. I, don't, I, I think... I think. outfits <laughs> them niggas was wearing was... Okay, anyway. Yeah, I think you're reaching... But let's... <laughs> Keep going. This is they're, great. No, they're literally suicide bombers. I like, know. This is great. And they have plungers on their head that they hit to blow up. You also got to remember there's like <laughs> mad like 113s too, you know, like they've done, you know, there's so many. But I just uh, said Avengers 113, okay? No, but there's also like mad Avengers 113. Listen, let's, let's keep it going. <laughs> I'm just only doing the ones that are potentially related to this. I know. Yeah. Wanda reaffirms in that one. Wanda reaffirms that she hates humans. Uh, there's there's Project R4123. There's Project M5247. And again, these are all potentially stories that, that are in or around the whole story of Vision mm-hmm. and Wanda. And there's also a name that pops up called Ray Johnson, which is actually the alias, the alias of a mutant named John Wraith, who's, <laughs> who's a black man. He's a member... Of Team X, he's a member of this of the Weapon X program, but he's a member of this team with Wolverine, Sabretooth, and a bunch of other niggas. And his powers are like long range teleportation and ex- life extension. And we've seen him before because he was played by Will I Am in that awful X Men Origins Wolverine film where he was also summarily killed. Yes, thank God. So I do not think that Ray John. I think that Ray Johnson works on the show, but <laughs> 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 <Don't> keep going. <laughs> not but 
Again, these are everything I'm talking about right now is all random Marvel references. Yes. And we talked about before a lot of the names you see just pop up in credits or whatnot are people who work at Marvel. So those yeah. email addresses that autofill when Darcy is emailing that cataract file are all people who work in production, as are the names on the tombstone. But there's something that says Dr. Rivis. I don't know what that No reference at all. Okay. Yes. Could be somebody who works on the show, could not. Yeah. Could um, be somebody who knows about the rivers. Who knows? Yeah. Um, more Easter eggs about ghosts, witches, and monsters. Again, it's Halloween. All sorts of fucking decorations related to this. There are skulls everywhere, uh, which it keeps going back to these themes of this is maybe hell. We know it's not hell, but this is someone hellish is controlling all this shit. You see kids and skeletons, skeletons behind the door. Um, the woman who's glitching outside her home, she's putting up a ghost decoration, which also has a skull. Uh, Wanda herself is a witch, and we suspect, suspect Agnes to be one as well. Um, technically, Pietro and Vision are ghosts. Uh, if you if you want to want to say who they really are, the fact that they're dead, uh, and there were also the with the costumes of people walking around town, they they are reflected of those universal classic monsters, so Dracula, Frankenstein, the Mummy, Wolfman. Yep. yep. I was surprised when I saw all those different costumes. Because all fit. And uh, Marvel doesn't own them either, so that's yeah, interesting. So. Yeah. But but they're also random. Public like, like domain. Any, too. It's public domain. That's what the yeah. word I'm looking for. Like anybody could do that. Yeah. Uh, and then there was one more Easter egg that may or may not be true. What do you want to talk about? Oh, yeah. Real quick, because I saw this theory going around and I did not understand why people kept bringing up the Cree, right? And I was like, why are people bringing it up? So I had to watch some couple videos and I'm like, ah, maybe, but I doubt it. But just to explain for people who don't know, the Kree who showed up in Captain Marvel and also were seen a lot in uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., right? The blue-stinned aliens in the comics are classic villains, are classic enemies of the Skrull, you know, who we've seen more of recently in Captain Marvel as well. So we saw the Kree in the Captain Marvel, I mean, the Kree in the Skrull in Captain Marvel. And in Captain Marvel, we see the Skrull get outfitted with ships that they can use to escape the Kree because they've had this war going on between them forever and the Kree were revealed as the militaristic, kind of more evilish, you know, than the Scrolls that we've seen, which was kind of a flip on the comments because traditionally the Scrolls are more the evil dudes. Actually, they're both usually portrayed as kind of evil, you know. Yeah, they basically. both got problems. Both problems. got problems. So, but in the movie MCU, the Kree civilization seems to be centered around hexagons on Hala, 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 which is their <laughs> home planet of Hala, not Holler, Hala. The home planet of Hala in Captain Marvel, we see it's covered in hexagons everywhere. Hexagons everywhere. Also, the other link of hexagons is in MCU, whenever somebody makes a space jump, which we saw a lot of in Guardians of the Galaxy, in Guardians 2, actually, um, they'll make a jump. The, the ship will be flying through space. It'll hit a certain point, and a bunch of hexagons will appear in space, and they'll jump through them. So that's like the space portal. So people are basically saying that Perhaps the Kree, since they're an ancient race, created this whole system of hex portals of space-time jumping and are now using one of these hexes to contain the city of Westview. Somehow, Wanda is controlling this hex as well now. Blah, say, blah, I <laughs> doubt it. The only, the only things that are adding credence to this is that uh, the newspaper, this episode, the newspaper always has these ads for television on the back. But in this episode, there is a flying saucer appearing above the television. So that mm. added to it. 
But I oh, feel- that's what that was. And I was trying to figure out what that was. And people are saying the Cree, yeah, people are saying the Cree are doing all of this because they want more power over somebody who has an Infinity Stone. Because before they were messing with Captain Marvel because and they warped her mind and her memories. Remember, made right. her think she was somebody else because they wanted power over an Infinity Stone. There's yeah. So now they want power over Wanda because she has an Infinity Stone. But I feel like this is too close to the Mephisto idea. And especially with this episode where we see Wanda actively influencing the Hex, that lends more to mutant magical to me than the Kree doing it and her yeah. actively being able to influence it. Yeah. So I'm still going back to Mephisto. Uh, yeah, and I feel like they they keep... Not to say they're not going to merge it, because like, like I said, I, I mentioned these other references that are related to x-men who where mm-hmm. clearly they're they're merging that shit so yep. but i also like I, I think they're using this time to bring in new stories and characters so yeah and they'll, they'll come back to the Cree later yeah definitely and i think and also there's the whole captain marvel connection there yeah. to monica rambeau so it's a potential but i think this is more focused on starlet witch like if this was monica's show i'd be like oh hell yeah it's all Cree behind it but because yeah. it's starlet witch's show and Agatha and Adnis still hasn't been explained. I don't think that's Cree related. I think we're still, unless, like I said before, we have two major villains. We have Mephisto, and we have Sword, Cree, Shield, Hydra. I don't know. I mean, know? as you know, people be in people's business, and everyone yep. has their own directives mm-hmm. and and ideas and and plans. Yep. Woo. Well, we have gotten through this yes. review of episode six of WandaVision. Thank y'all so much for hanging with us. Thank you to everybody who's been up in the chat going wild. I know y'all y'all <laughs> are just killing it in the game. Um, thank you to everyone who has subscribed to us. If you're not subscribed, do it right the hell now. We are For All Nerds, and the name of this show is now Views from the 616. We are going to be reviewing all of the new um, and upcoming Marvel TV shows that are coming out on Disney Plus as well as the movies when they show up. But mm-hmm. in the meantime, make sure you're subscribed on all your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, everywhere you can think of. We're there, iHeartRadio. Um, make sure you're also following us. I'm at Tatiana King. That's at DJ Ben Amin. And also follow up for all nerds you see on his shirt on the socials because we have the amazing bond tent shouts out to our team we love y'all so so much um and if you like what you hear you want to support us give us some more funding to do all of our research and give you all these wild ideas and thoughts please head up um you can help us a few different ways you can hit us up on patreon patreon.com slash for all nerds and you can go on any tier you like and you get some really cool goodies if you do that you can also hit up our t public page if you want a cool t-shirt just like that beautiful purple for all nerds t that ben i mean is rocking move to the left so they can see it the, the little mic is in your way there you go perfect and um again tpublic.com slash stores with an s slash yep. for all nerds and that's where you can get some fire um, what paraphernalia? I feel like I'm back at Howard. Fire paraphernalia, <laughs> and um, and big ups to all of the amazing uh, artists that work with us to create a lot of these cool designs and give them to you. You can get them on anything. You can get them on shirts, phone cases, cups. Fuck. Uh, I, what do we have? Like Notebooks. everything. Batman has everything. Notebooks, pillows. It's it's all over. But but it's really really cool. Look look at that. That amazes you. And that's a limited edition one. You can't even get that one no can't more. Can't even get this one no more. It hurts. Yeah, but- damn. We need a views from the 616 logo now. So we've had some ideas. We're working on some stuff. Shout out to our man, Mr. Morris. 
But if you have any ideas for some merch, if you're an artist out there and want to help us out or join, you know, want to get some sales on our T Public store because we will split the profits, we'll work out deals, you know, we'll make it happen. Mm-hmm. Let mm-hmm. us know because Views from the 616 is the name. You can also follow that. What's the Twitter and Instagram? Views from. Views from 616. There we go. Views from 616 on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you're following us, like we said before, at For All Nerds. Make sure you're following the twitch.tv slash For All Nerds. That's twitch.tv where you can catch this live broadcast of this show every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern. It is lit. The chat is lit. They got more theories, more ideas every week. Yes. Monday, 1 p.m. Eastern time, twitch.tv slash for all nerds. For all nerds. Yeah, that too. <laughs>